This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. We're back to hockey on Sticks and Stacks because the Stanley Cup playoffs are underway. And that means our hockey guest, Nate Lundy, is here to break it all down. Uh, Nate, I know this is probably your favorite time of the year right now when it comes to hockey. Yeah, we have fewer games. Yeah, we have fewer teams. But boy, do these matter. Yeah, they sure do, Sean. And this is really, I mean, I, I love two times of the year. I love March Madness, always a fan of the opening weekend of March Madness. Um, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are really my favorite. And I and I like, you know, I I've, I give a lot of grief to um, the NBA for how they do the, the playoff scheduling, because sometimes you wind up with a couple of days off in between games and things like that. Nope. The NHL just goes, we're going every other day, whether you like it or not uh, yeah. in these series. And so, you know, we had four games last night. We have four games tonight. Um, and we really follow that pattern at the very least through the first round until somebody gets knocked out. And so you really do get some great action every night, although last night a bit of a snoozer uh, until we got to the late game with the Kings and the Oilers. But, um, you know, we, we did have some some blowouts, if you will, in, in the in the first three games of the night last night. But I think um, I think we've got a good mix of games tonight. Make sure you follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Lundy. And, and we were talking about this uh, before the podcast. And out of these four, we're looking at that Dallas-Calgary game. We're not going to make a pick in that one because sometimes when you're trying to learn a little bit more, you're trying to get a feel for a series uh, and there's not a pick that makes a lot of sense, I don't really want to give you something that we're not comfortable with. Sometimes it's the right idea to sit one out, get a little more info, watch how the teams play before uh, putting anything down on it. Yeah, you're exactly right, Sean. And, and actually, to go back to last night, um, you know, I, that was kind of the feeling that I had between Boston and Carolina. Um, I was really excited to see the Bruins and the Canes, but I also really didn't do. I mean, I my pick was Carolina on the money line, but I, you know, I I kind of was leaning into that one, not really adamant about it because I kind of wanted to see how Boston would come out, and and Carolina, of course, you know, beat them pretty badly, five one last night. Uh, and I kind of feel that way about Dallas and Calgary. I, Dallas did not play very well down the stretch of the season, in my opinion. And and I think that that's not going to be a good sign for them as they take on uh, a very good Calgary Flames team. And in fact, in fact, a Flames team that some of the national experts um, within the NHL have picked to upset the Avalanche and actually make it into the Western Conference Finals. This is a very good Flames team. Um, and so I don't think it bodes well for Dallas, but I just don't have a really strong feel um, I certainly don't want to pay, as you were talking about before we hit record, um, the, the money line on Calgary is very high, but I'm also not very comfortable about the, the total. And I think that this is a really good option to, to be able to talk about from betting hockey or betting any sport, for that matter. If you don't have a good feel, don't make the bet. Right. It, it, it's easy to just pick something and say you're going for it. But, you know, you're just basically guessing. And, and well, all of it's basically a guess. You want to make educated guesses, and we don't have anything until we until we learn something. It's not an educated guess. So, yeah, I'm with you. We'll sit that one out. But there are three more tonight that we do want to look at, and we will start with uh, – go, we'll go out east to the Penguins and to the Rangers. Of course, this is uh, a pretty close – uh, at least it's reasonably close when you look at it on the money line. The Rangers are minus 140. A lot of these goals, now even in a year in which there have been an amazing number of goals scored, it is the playoffs, and it sure looks at least at the beginning as if everyone's expecting the scoring to go down dramatically. Yeah, exactly, and and this is a um, this is a game I'm really looking forward to, but, but I'll tell you this. You've got Pittsburgh going into this without Tristan Jari, um, and that is such a massive blow 
when you're going to start off the Stanley Cup playoffs without your number one goaltender. Um, and we certainly have seen teams step up, um, but I'm a believer, Sean, that someone a lot of times is a backup goaltender for a reason. Um, and I think that you're going into an extremely hostile environment with those Rangers fans at Madison Square Garden tonight. Um, and despite all of the veteran uh, presence that Pittsburgh has on their roster. Um, this is one that I've got to go with the Rangers um, to to pick up the victory in this one simply because, um, you know, I, I think Pittsburgh, like I said, Jari has been ruled out for sure for game one. They really have not given a timetable for when he can return for Pittsburgh. And so I, I'm just concerned that the only way the Penguins are going to be able to do anything, especially on the road here at Madison Square Garden, um, is if they can just simply outscore the Rangers. Now, that said, Pittsburgh has the firepower to be able to do that. They have such great um, veteran presence on, um, especially on their top two lines. Um, but that, I, I'm just going to, I'm going with the raucous crowd, the backup goaltender, um, and, and just a great rivalry here between the Rangers and uh, and the Penguins. But, you know, you look at what um, Shosturskin has done uh, between the pipes for the Rangers this year. To me, this is a goaltender battle. And in that, if that's the case with no Jari, I've got to go with the Rangers. Yeah, these are both pretty competent offenses. I mean, let's face it. The, the you're thinking about you know the the folks on the Penguins with the big names, but it's not the they're not really the top scorers anymore. It's these guys like Gensel and, and Latan that are, that are making big differences here. And so I I like the Rangers. I like the Rangers offense. I think they're really good. I think they're loaded. I think they can score on multiple lines. And with a backup goaltender in, you're in trouble. The Rangers on the puck line tonight minus one and a half, a plus one eighty five. And Nate, I'm taking it. I don't. I don't. If you're not going to beat that team by two in a game when you're at home with everything to play for in game one to set that tone against a backup goaltender, and you can't beat them by two in that game, you probably can't beat them by two at all. So I will take the Rangers at a plus 185 plus money for the home team favorite on the puck line. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and Sean, I'll also say this, you know, kind of to try to correlate your picks together here. If you are somebody that likes the Rangers on that puck line, that minus one and a half, I would tell you to consider taking the over on the five and a half as well. Um, it's the only game tonight that has a total that low. Um, everybody else is sitting um, is sitting up higher. The Stars and Flames is that low, but it's getting juiced a little bit to the over right now. Um, so if you do like the one and a half, then you could be looking, Sean, at a game that is, say, four to two. Um, and thus, if you're going to go with those, and I'm not saying that you want to necessarily parlay them together. I'm simply saying, if you believe the Rangers are going to do that to, um, to DeSmith, the, the, the backup goaltender, um, then you may want to think about the over as well, which right now at DraftKings, if you go the over five and a half is a minus 115. So just slightly above normal juice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as well. That would, especially when you're thinking of making those puck line bets, think about what you think that final score might be. And uh, when you can, you can do a little parlay and put that together. So let's move over to the other Eastern Conference matchup of the night. That would be the Florida Panthers, the league's top team, the President's Trophy winner against the Washington Capitals, a team that will tell you that, well, we won the President's Trophy once. Didn't mean anything to us. We got swept out of the first round years ago. 
Yeah, exactly. They they know that, um, you know, they're one of those teams that is the prime example that since the 85-86 season, there have only been eight teams that won the President's Trophy that went on to hoist um, Lord Stanley's Cup. It just doesn't happen very often, um, you know, it, in terms of just how good these playoffs are. And, you know, going back to the beginning of the podcast, it's why I love this time of year so much, because it is definitely something that is um, that's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. And, and you can get a team that gets hot. Uh, and winds up winning it in this particular contest. I'm going to take Florida in regulation. Now I'm very tempted to take Florida on the puck line um, and, and be able to go with that. But Florida in regulation right now, I can get at a minus 140. Um, you know, I, I just I come back to what we were talking about with Dallas and Calgary, Washington. Um, I, maybe limped in might be me overstating it, but they also did not have a great finish to their regular season. We know that Ovechkin missed those last three games. Um, would he have gone if it was postseason? Yeah, probably so. But we know that he, um, you know, that he got banged up a little bit and had to miss those last three games. And now you go up against a Florida Panthers team that is, as you said, the President's Trophy winner. They are the number one overall seed um, in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs, let alone um, just the Eastern Conference. And, and I think that Washington is just simply outmatched here. So um, I like Florida in regulation. Um, like I said, you might be able to talk me into the puck line. I also like the over in this one at the six and a half. Um, and part of that is because Florida at home is just a scoring machine. I mean, frankly, they're that way on the road as well, as you know, Sean. But they are an absolute scoring um, machine right now. They can score four or five by themselves um, and, and could even hit a half a dozen. Um, on their own simply because of how good they are at scoring. So I think you put all of that together and I do lean towards the over um, in this one as well. Or the other thing that you could do is you could decide that you want to make it into a same game parlay and you could bring that total down um, just a little bit and then take Florida um, in regulation and you could get yourself into a lot better situation in terms of the overall odds. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, something that I, I looked at as well. But I'm, I'm going to go with the just the money line, even paying that juice, right? Even paying that juice uh, of the 230. But I am going to do it in the same game parlay like you're talking about. And just to play it safe because it's the playoffs, I'm going to lower the over-under to five and a half, and I'm going to take it. Now, that is obviously heavy juice of the Panthers. That's minus 230 on the money line. And if you were to lower the over-under to five and a half, that's a minus 220. But put them together, that's a plus 105, plus money for this game to get to six goals and Florida winning in any capacity. I will take that. That I feel yeah. great about that. That's as comfortable as I feel on any of these selections in this podcast today. And I want to throw another player prop out as well. And and we've talked about this on the podcast before, if you've been listening to us. I, I like to correlate player props in games that I'm expecting a lot of scoring. Um, which I am expecting in this one. So you go and look at Jonathan Huberdeau, who leads the Panthers in points this season. He had 815 yeah. points, including Huge 85 year. assists. But if you look at his three games against Washington this year, he had a goal and four assists. So five points in the three games. So there's two numbers that I'm looking at with Jonathan Huberdeau tonight um, against Washington. First of all, an anytime goal for him is at a plus 210. Anytime I can get above 200 odds on somebody for an anytime goal, it's always intriguing to me, um, especially somebody with as many points as he has, even though a lot of them are apples. Um, but you can get him at over one and a half points at a plus 135. So those could be two assists. It could be one of each. Um, whatever it is, we just need two points out of him. And he has had so much success against Washington this season and obviously leads the Panthers in points. 
Um, I really like the over one and a half points at plus 135. Yeah, and when you're looking at player props like that, you want to be looking at guys that are on the first two lines and on the first two power play units. You want to make sure they're on both so you get as many cracks at it as you possibly can. Now, the odds will reflect that, but just by the, the math of it, you want to make sure when you're picking any player prop for any any time goal scorer or anybody with a lot of points, you want them to be able to be on those special teams as well as the top two lines. Those are the ones that will generate the majority of your scoring. That one is is how, at least when I look at it, you put it together. But a guy like Huberdeau, as you, you pointed it out, not only did he have 115 points, uh, 85 of those were assists. For reference, Alex Ovechkin, who led the uh, Capitals in scoring with a 50-goal season, mind you, had a total of 90 points. Huberdeau is yep. only five behind that in assists alone. So the, the yep. points bet on there makes a lot of sense as well. We'll Great, move uh, over. And you get some positive yeah. odds, which I always like. Always right. Like. Yeah, I like that as well, too. And I think when you're looking at those type of, of goal scorers, that's the way to, to you know, kind of split it up. Well, speaking of goal scorers, uh, hello. Welcome to the Colorado Avalanche Nashville Predators series. Now, the Avalanche, the top seed in the West, but comes in playing 1-5-1 one, and one hockey. That said, they have been resting guys left and right and are now as we record this podcast, expected to come into tonight's game one against the Predators fully healthy for arguably the first time all year. The Predators, not so lucky. Their outstanding goaltender, Yusei Saros, out for at least game one and game two in this matchup. That's a dangerous situation for Nashville. Yeah, it sure is. Um, you know, we like like we said, you come into you know sometimes you get teams you know, you can you can handle it if you've got somebody that might be back for you know game two, game three. That's you know maybe part of your third line. But if you're talking about anybody as you're starting off the playoffs that belongs on one of the top two lines, um, plays a significant role in your your uh, special teams, penalty kill or power play, or we're talking about a top goaltender. Ouch! I mean that is just not the news that you want to have, and obviously that is what Nashville. Um, is facing in this particular one. And in in this case, with this game, Sean, I'm actually doing uh, my pick for this is identical to what you just did with the Washington, Florida game. I am looking at a same game parlay where I am taking the Colorado Avalanche on the money line, but then I'm bringing the total down. So very similar to what we were dealing with with Washington and Florida. You're talking about a total that is sitting at six and a half on the regular line, but it's a, but I'm bringing it down to five and a half. Now that does not get me into positive territory on a same game parlay, but in a game that has so lopsided on the money line, Colorado is a minus 320 folks on the money line in this one. It does get me to a minus 120. So I'm still paying some juice, but I, that's one that I can actually live with as much as I like to get things into positive territory. That is a number right there that I can live with at a minus 120 for the abs to win and for there to be over five and a half goals. Yeah, I, th- I think that was smart, Nate, because he, like we've talked about, this appears to be a really dominant avalanche team coming in healthy, but and so much so that even on the puck line of minus one and a half, it's still a minus 130. That is uh, that is really, really one-sided. As a result, until I see the Avs play all together, I don't expect there to be a lot of rust, but this team hasn't played together as a unit for a tremendous amount of time. Now, uh, you could look over at the NBA, and the Golden State Warriors could say the same thing. Let's just say it didn't cause them much problem in the first round. But 
I do look at it and want to see the Avs perform and want to see if they're going to look like the offensive team that they have been at times all together before I go ahead and hop in on that. So I am going to look at some of those player props. I'm going to look at the the, the point totals, as you pointed out, the sort of uh, over one and a half points. To me, those make uh, the most sense for me. But when you're looking at the players to, to for the Avalanche, yeah, you're going to pay some juice on it. I understand that. But I'm obviously looking at Nathan McKinnon. And I'm looking at Kale McCarr, and I'm looking at the two of them when you're talking about landing either anytime goals or points. Either way, you're comfortable with McCarr. I'm more comfortable with the points. Uh, McKinnon, I'm a little more comfortable with the goals. But as you talked about, Nate, you'd like it to be up over 200. McKinnon is basically even money to score a goal, which, eh, yikes, that's that's maybe a little bit spooky. So you lean over to a guy like McCarr to plus 210. Okay, I feel more comfortable. But if you want the sleeper pick for any time goal scorer look at Valeri Nachushkin for the Colorado Avalanche a breakout year this year this guy was the former number 10 pick in the draft back in 2013 and now the offense has come he set a new uh team pardon me a new personal record in goals this year he has been a focal point on multiple lines and on that second line now if the Avalanche are healthy He's now matched up with the partners he's had the majority of the season. And while everyone's focused on trying to stop that top line of Rantanen, Landeskog, and McKinnon, Nachushkin has been out there playing physical hockey and getting goals. I like Nachushkin tonight at plus 220 as an anytime goal scorer. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And, and look, we see this sometimes across any sport, right? If you have a defense, if you take the blue line in the NHL, if they're so hyper-focused on a couple of players or on a particular line, Um, If that is how the opposing coach, you know, if that's how Nashville is going to play their their rotations, um, you could wind up with the second line or even the third line of the avalanche in one of these games in the series winding up being the heroes because so much effort um, will be put in by the Predators to control that top line and even that second line that maybe that third or fourth line sneaks in. So like you said, just simply a points prop. Um, on a particular player, something like that could wind up being a really nice payday in this series. Um, and and I think you're looking at a um, uh, you're looking at Nachushkin as a great choice for that one because he has had a great season. Yeah, you have to go ahead and dig a little deeper when you're talking about those teams that are so good. And I think for the first couple games of these playoff series, that's what we'll probably have to look at until we get a better idea of how they will all turn out. So that's what we're putting together today at the podcast. We'll be enjoying the playoffs. And like like we mentioned, pay attention to them. You know, these each of these little series are their own animals and you have to be able to watch how they'll uh, morph and change this isn't the nba eight seeds in hockey not only win series over number ones they win stanley cups so it's not quite the same thing where you're looking at some of these teams that are at their lower seeds and figure yep they're just speed bumps like they are in other sports doesn't work like that that in hockey at all so a lot to look at there nate when you take a look at the 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 setup here now it's still going to be florida and colorado with the favorites but you pointed it out uh the Top teams, the President's Trophy winners, uh, look, it doesn't mean very much. If you're looking at any team in particular to win the Stanley Cup or the field, you should always take the field. Yeah, you should look at the field. And, and I've you know I've mentioned this before when we talked about some futures. I still am really high on the Carolina Hurricanes, um, especially after I saw what they were able to do to Boston last night, winning that one five to one. Um, I, I still believe, and, and I know you have said this on the podcast as well, I believe that in the Eastern Conference, Carolina is the most complete team. 
Um, they have tremendous goaltending. Um, they have they have strong defense. They have offense that can attack you like they just did. Remember, folks, the Bruins are known for playing really good defense, and Ca- and Carolina dropped five goals on them last night. Yeah. Um, and beat them five to one. It, this is this Carolina team is really good. Um, I've actually got a ticket from a couple of months ago at I want to say plus seven hundred, maybe plus seven fifty, them to represent the East in the Stanley Cup final. Um, because I just I I wasn't sold that just because Florida could outscore everybody that that was going to be enough to get them all the way to the final. And I felt like there was really good value on Carolina. So um, I, you're right. You do want to look at the field because it does happen in the Stanley Cup finals so often. Well, you know, looking pretty good as you uh, look at those hurricanes. Obviously, that is a really, really interesting pick. And they're they're not they're not a dark horse, but they're the ones that not everyone's talking about. And that's what a lot of the time the value is. Well, that's what we do here at Sticks and Stacks. And we will be back at it Thursday. As Nate pointed it out, hey, you get you get playoff gums every night when it comes to hockey. So that is going to be a tremendous amount of fun. And we'll break them down right here like we always do. Make sure you follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Lundy. I'm Sean Drotar. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. We will catch you right back here on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks, part of the Sawdust Podcast Network.